The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Lost Archives Hour. I'm your host, Pants on Head Gleep, and joining me in the studio tonight is Mark. <laughs> We've done this before. It's like deja vu all over again. And we're going to do it again. Um, uh, Mark, what do you get when you cross a 3D printer with a 24-hour tattoo parlor? Uh, a great night? I don't know. Yeah, an instant permanent transcription of everything we say memorialized onto my body. See, normal show, small font. A little longer show, smaller font. A typical those guys with stretch pants show, microfiche. It's so true. And we never get everything said. I'll just uh, I'll just post pictures of my back up on the interwebs and people can... God, that's so um, um, postmodern or something. Post, that, post, post. It's post something, I'm pretty sure. And pre something else. <laughs> Probably the thing that comes after. Whatever that. that would be. Yeah. Good morning, those guys with ships. Drop your clocks and grab your socks. I think that's the way it went. Something like that. Um, <laughs> for California, we, we am not socks so much. Today is September 30th. It's actually early in the morning, September 30th, which is totally different. <clears throat> We, 2947, the year, by the way, we are those guys with ships, and you are tuned to the Versecast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. Do these balloons blow up into funny shapes at all? Hmm. Nah. Well, unless round is funny. <laughs> I like how you have, I have to say, say these things, Mark. Okay. <laughs> I neglected. Did I mention it's early in the morning? <laughs> early morning show. Coffee instead of whatever else we might drink. Yeah. Okay. Scheduling update. Uh, Mark, the run-up to CitizenCon 2947 in the Frankfurts will be fraught with myriad temporal anomalies. That's my clever way of saying I'm going on vacation. But not another walkabout this time. No. This time an extended float and bloat. You see, I can't swim. And speaking of blowed up funny shapes, how about that? And the delicious, what we've decided is a dead whale. This thing is ginormous and, ah, God. You know, I still don't know what movie, you know, we we did this before. I still don't remember who the director is that uh, does these things. So, whatever. There's a director out there that does things that looks like this. Apparently this is where he gets his his, uh, artistic uh, whatever. His muse. His muse. His muse is dead floating animals. <laughs> Not at all weird. <laughs> they speak to me. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so big, so bloated. I don't know if it'll fit into the show notes, but I'm gonna do my best. 
God, it's weird. <laughs> uh, you know, and the, and the nice thing is you can't unsee. No, you really can't. So, for between now and when I get back, um, back just in time to discuss the final, final run-up to CitizenCon, we will continue to release shows, the timing of which may be a bit wonky, but Wonky is our middle name. Am I right, Mark? Oh, yes. Um, Mark Wonky. Yep, that's my name. <laughs> or Monkey. And Mark Wonky and the Shaky Bunch? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Not nearly um, as awesome. Get... Of a, you know, we wouldn't believe it. We actually released several albums. Uh, you probably haven't heard any of them. I thought it was really cool that you like lifted large pieces of concrete, and that made you sexy. Yeah, why not? I I, I don't know. I guess I guess you didn't have video games at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and Mark, you survived the hashtag Irma twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was uh. Since the- Go ahead. Since the last time, I'm sorry. Since the last time that uh, you were on the air, yeah. not since the last time we've talked, not even since the last time we recorded. Um, but um, uh, so, so folks out there in Radio Land, if some of this sounds like, if you hear in our voices, well, yeah, we already talked about that. It's because yeah, we already talked about that. But um, pants on head, Gleep here. Uh, I thought it would be really clever to record an hour and fifteen minutes of ambient fan noises and call that first cast. Ungood. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah. <laughs> no amount of beat poetry is going to prepare you to listen to that. I don't think. No. Yeah. No. 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 That's um. Uh, that's not a good thing. No. But you. So anyway, uh, Mark. Uh, uh, you. You made it through. Uh, uh, through the storm. Uh, you and, and your family. Everybody's okay. We're so happy about that. Um. Uh, can you share a little bit about what it was like? Sure. Well, very quickly. Um. By the time it got to me, where where I am, it ended up being like a category two which is basically like a big thunderstorm with no thunder because apparently hurricanes don't make thunder. Who knew? Huh. Yeah, so that was neat. So, hmm. you know, lots of, yeah, it was heavy winds, um, but uh, where I was at, it really, I mean, it, it blew down it blew down a neighbor's tree, so definitely strong, mm-hmm. but uh, not not anything that my house, who which apparently, you know, who knew? Apparently they're hurricane pretty resistant. So not really hmm. a huge deal. Yeah. Um, the uh, I think that generally around what I deal with the surrounding counties and whatnot, yeah, really, uh, you know, no real flooding, not a whole ton, of, not a ton of damage. I mean, there were some houses that had uh, uh, trees fall on them and such, but uh, other than that, not really that bad, surprisingly. So uh, we kind of lucked out, although we were on the good side of the hurricane, the left side, not on the dirty side, which is the right side. So mm. yeah, if you want to go on the right so, side, you're gonna so want to make sure you're 18 or over. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, so no, I mean, I know you were without power for a, for a period of time, but that was not because of uh, lines being knocked off of your house or anything. No, not on my house. I mean, a lot of the stuff is above ground here, so you know, them's happens when the winds come. But uh, right, yeah, actually, no, it's funny. They said, okay, the wind's going to pick up a little bit at like two p.m. today, and I'm thinking, okay, we'll good, we'll have power at least for a while. Nope, like two o seven, power went out. Like you've got to be kidding me. Like, we're like 20 mile an hour yeah. winds. I thought, ugh. Hooray. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, the, so the power doesn't actually come out of the telephone pole. It comes from some other place. Well, it's along the power lines, you know. Hence oh, yeah. hence, hence the lines. But yes, it's the poles. It's, All the poles above the grounds with the shaky winds cause, mm. cause the no powers, cause the chicken to go bad. Yes. Well, um... 
very uh, very happy that you um, um, that you were able to uh, to come through that um, uh, unscathed and uh, with your computer systems intact. Oh yes, yes, I was happy for that. Thinking about uh, being the insurance thing, I know that most of my computer stuff would not be covered, or I would not get any of the money back for you know after about fifteen hundred dollars of it. So yes, that was a concern. Well, and so and you are um, in that biz. Uh, mm-hmm. So how how has it been in your professional life uh, uh, post uh, Irma? Yeah, the first like week or two it was crazy. I mean, everyone was mm-hmm. calling with claims and whatnot. So that was pretty serious. And it was good that we were there that I could help kind of guide people along what they uh, you know, what they needed to do, how to contact their company, and you know it, you know how that stuff worked. Um, mm-hmm. So that's good. Uh, other than that, oh, incidentally, if you do live in Florida. Uh, pretty much always a good idea to go if you have a hurricane. Uh, pretty much always a good idea to go ahead and uh, report that to your. You know, if you have damage, to report it to your to your insurance carrier. Incidentally, because there's a, mm. there's an aggregate deductible, so it adds up throughout the entire year. And uh, yeah, oh. it, and they don't. It doesn't hurt you for your in terms of getting new insurance. They don't count uh, disaster or like uh, weather related uh, uh, claims. Against your that's act of record. God stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. So hurricanes, earthquakes, things like that. So uh, always, always a good idea to do that. Uh, there's a little free, a free, a little free knowledge for you. I just spat some knowledge at you. Oh, Not applicable in anywhere else in Florida. That's all I'm licensed for. So don't don't go don't go selling that in Iowa. I don't know about Iowa. It's not my fault, Mark. The hurricane wasn't my fault. I swear. <laughs> well, we're. We're, I know there are a lot of people that are um, still in pretty bad shape, um, yeah. you know, in, in the rebuilding and whatnot. So um, uh, definitely um, uh, hang in there, folks. Um, you know, sucks. Um, but you know, just because it sucks doesn't mean there aren't going to be memes. Um, and I don't know. Um, uh, there's there's this uh, this picture that I saw um, as you know because I was watching watching the whole thing happen live on Twitter as one does, and. Um, I found this picture uh, of a shark um, uh, swimming up a freeway in Miami, and I, you know it's hard to tell if this is photoshopped or not. But I, I, you know how sometimes when you're you're scrolling the twitters and you see an image and you just go, okay, there, there, that's a meme yep. photo, and and there's there there are words somewhere in my soul that must I, I must expectorate onto that photograph in order to um, complete my life. Um, so, but this, I, I can't, I know there's something there, but I, st- I still don't see it. Yeah, I feel like this guy's asking, like, there should be a little bubble above his head saying something like, Hey, uh, buddy, uh, looking for the free tuna? You know, or, <laughs> like, do you know where Joe's Crab something. Shack is? I, yeah. You know, I don't know, a, t- a Tara Reed joke? <laughs> Tara Reed um, joke, exactly. There's yeah. definitely a Sharknado joke in there somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'll put it in the show notes, and we'll um, someone we'll needs have to come caption. Yeah, you know, what you need to do is post that on the star or on the Star Citizen Reddit and see what people can come up with. Because ah, if there's one Reddit that is really good at memes, it's uh, it's the Star Citizen Reddit. So there you go. Are they the memeiest? Um, you know, of all the Reddits I'm in, they are definitely the most memeful. <laughs> well, it's important to have memeing in your life. It is. Uh, it, it, yeah, adequate memory, if you will. Living the memingful life. <laughs> and <Reddit>. and <laughs> took. 
All right. Well, um, uh, yeah. And seriously, uh, glad you're okay. And um, and uh, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the uh, Puerto Rico. Oh man, what a you know, because uh, Irma. What if Irma wasn't enough? Uh, you know, she brought her friend Maria along, and that was just just you know, Puerto Rico took it took it really yeah. bad. So. You know, shout out uh, to those folks uh, who have no internet, so can't hear us. Um, but you know, uh, that that's that, that's really awful. And there was um, recently a, a pretty uh, major earthquake in Mexico, and I guess there's flooding in Bangladesh, and so all over the world, Mother Nature is uh, is doing things. So um, uh, anyway, keeping keeping folks in mind, and if uh, if you can help somebody, uh, do that. It's a good thing. All right. Well, back to fun stuff uh reno air races yeah um when let's see it's been a, well it's been a couple weeks ago now but uh last time i recorded with um turd and ace uh we talked a little bit about the air races and so mrs gleep and i went and uh i'm happy to report that strega wins strega wins strega wins but not the hoot no sadness for the not there hoot uh, there's actually uh, several changes, in fact, since last we were there in uh, the 2945. And change is hard, but the excitement was still the same. The, uh, the races were still loud, the pits were still pity, and uh, the folks, uh, they all keep showing up because fly low, fly fast, turn left has its own particular magic, which words alone will never truly capture. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and it's sort of an interesting thing that, that we noted and uh, something we hadn't really thought of, and it might be the case also with uh, uh, auto racing too, is that people tend to be fans of an aircraft, of, of the vehicle, rather more so than the pilot. I mean, people, you know, there are pilots that people like and stuff. You know, I went up there looking to see the hoot, and there was no hoot because the hoot wasn't there. But, um, you know, people are instead, you know, rooting for the plane you know if you can't root for the hoot then you root for the plane um and uh so um Astrega was the plane that that i uh, we had seen win a couple of years ago in dramatic fashion um with with hoot on the stick and uh won again this year with a with a younger fella um uh, flying very dramatic um uh conclusion to the race uh, uh very exciting i will uh, link um Many videos in the show notes, so um, if you're interested in seeing all the uh, videos, do check it out. Oh, all all the, videos. the videos. What did we do before YouTube? Um, we had to like describe things. I, I guess apparently uh, Imaginariums were were much more used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't understand how that happens, but uh, um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine a world without the YouTubes. It's a beautiful so, thing. Anytime I need something, yeah. or I need to know something. I wonder if YouTube. Oh, yep, it does. Yep. Yes. yes. I don't have to actually talk to people, you know. Like, remember reference librarians? Remember those? Right. Like, who who knows how to use a card catalog? Who needs to? Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Not not so much. Not so not so Dewey no more. Yeah. Right. No kidding. Um. So, uh, Mar lots of um, uh, Marine Corps aircraft on display um, uh, at uh, at the air show or at the at the races. It was a race. Races and demonstrations, and uh, you know, uh, traveling museum show extravaganza thing. Uh, so uh, we saw uh, demonstrations. Uh, we saw, we had a flyover from a B two bomber, which was just it was awesome. Um, 
and they had a, a Harrier jump jet out there, which it's, it's kind of cool. Um, uh, the jump jet, they couldn't actually take off uh, horizontally because it would melt the ground. Um, so they would have to take off, you know, Vertically. No, vertically. they couldn't take off vertically. Yes. Right, right. They had to go horizontal, but they took off. They were able to take off in something like a hundred yards. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's amazing. It, it it was, you know, like wow that that doesn't look real. Um, and the uh, the B two bomber, it uh, I might have mentioned this on uh, um, an earlier show, but um, it took off from a, a base in Nebraska, I believe it was. Uh, it did a flyover at uh, the beginning for the the national anthem at a Kansas City Chiefs game, and then was scheduled to fly over uh, the Reno Air Races at uh, uh, 2:05 in the afternoon, five minutes after two. Um, at five minutes after two in the afternoon, it flew over. <laughs> The Reno Air Races uh, did a wide arcing turn and then went back to uh, Nebraska. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, and I asked this a lot. Well, last time we recorded that, that no one will ever hear, and I want to know the answer, so I'm going to say it again. Uh, a question uh, on the uh, the guy like the aircraft traffic controllers that are controlling these things. I miss got I I don't know planes that well. I'm assuming there's got to be some kind of transponder they turn on. Um, mm-hmm. But what does it look? What I wonder what a B two bomber looks like. Cause it's a stealth aircraft, right? What it actually looks like on the radar. Is it like? Is it look like a bumblebee? So the guy's like, okay, Jerry, funny guys. Okay, my birthday. I get it. Someone put a transponder <laughs> on a bumblebee. What's really going on here, guys? Oh yeah, okay. No, yep. I'm sure he's really talking to me. Okay, whatever. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like I kind of want to yeah. know this. Uh, or or do they just like? I, I, because I'm, I'm assuming even a transponder wouldn't actually show you the shape. You would just know that hey, something's pinging. And it looks like it's a, you know, a, I don't know, whatever, you know. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's my question. You know, I, is it just like a ping in the middle of nowhere, or do you actually see the shape when it transponds? I don't know, do the things bounce off the uh, the frame somehow or something? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting because um, are, are they using radar? I, radar would work within a certain um, distance, correct? Right, yeah, that's my assumption, yeah. Yeah, so... And uh, but they they still know to expect stuff to come onto the radar. Right. Yeah, I'm sure they're they not... pass it. I'm sure. I think they pass it off to each other. You know, depending on the station, they pass it off to different people, and they, they guide them. You know, depending. So. Right. I know there's some handoff stuff, and potentially, I'm assuming where you wouldn't see it. But I, yeah, that's my question. You know, how does how does that look on the radar? I mean, now I know you can't tell it exact. I mean, no one. You know, obviously, that's the kind of thing you can't say that, oh, yes, it does, in fact, look like a whatever on radar. But I'm curious as to if there is actually a difference when the transponder's on and not. I don't I don't know how that works. So someone needs to let us know well, that. Well, if somebody if they did, if they did a good job um, when the transponder's off, uh, it looks like nothing, right? Because they're, they're, they want to be sneaking up. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. I mean, I think the idea is they look like something, but they look like something they're not... I mean, they because there's no re- way to get rid of it 100%, but it looks like... Not what it a is. Flock of seagulls. Yeah, like a flock, you know, like a flock and of seagulls. I ran, <laughs> ran so far away. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, I. You know what? I used to be able to comb my hair like that. Oh man. Don't work so good no more. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So that that was really cool, and lots of you know. Unfortunately, I don't know. Um, there was lots of other uh, uh, planes there. There was an, an AC one thirty, one of them big 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 planes mm-hmm. um they did they did demonstrations of cargo drops and um 
uh, oh gosh, they did uh, like simulated bombing runs and stuff with uh, some of the World War II aircraft, which were, were a lot of fun. And the races, too. Um, uh, there was a, um, but in the, in the museum or the traveling museum area, there was a, a Black Hawk helicopter that you could uh, get in and crawl around. And um, also an A-10 um, Thunderbolt Warthog, uh, and uh, the pilot uh, of that plane was there, and uh, he was chatting with folks and sharing uh, interesting stories from uh, recent service overseas. And that is just a wicked, wicked, wicked craft. Man, just crazy. And they did a, a demonstration where the Warthog and a P, is it P-38? Lightning. Yeah, okay, the, the uh, World War II. Yeah, the world, the uh, fuselage, the double fuselage mm -hmm. plane. Uh, they did a um, uh, a demonstration of those two uh, flying maneuvers together, which was uh, was real fun um, as well. So, uh, when you were uh, in the Corps, did you uh, did you do much flying in craft, or uh, did you uh, get where you needed to go mostly in uh, land vehicles? Uh, mostly land vehicles, but yeah, we did some. Mm -hmm. uh, my unit was originally uh, thought we were going to do some some. Uh, Oh, man, I still can't think of the word. I couldn't think of it last week. I can't think of it now. Anyway, it's, uh, uh, oh, man, word completely blank. Anyway, we're going to do some stuff that we may, <laughs> may, have been, may have been delivered by air uh, just to get us there a little quicker if we had a larger area of operations. And um, it, so Infiltrations? No, no, no. It's, it's uh, oh, man, it's on the tip of my tongue. This is ridiculous. I can't believe I can't remember the term. It's been almost it's 10 early years. In the morning. It, actually, it's been exactly 10 years since I was in Iraq. Uh about this time, oh. about this time, 2007 is when I was getting ready to come back. So, um, yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, whatever it is, whose name I can't, whose term I can't remember. Um, yeah, we did a little bit of that, so we got a little bit of training on in the in the stuff. Um, I did some rappelling and whatnot out of like Blackhawks and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, uh, some fast roping and whatnot, some training and that type of stuff. But uh, no, uh, not a whole lot. Uh, we did get to. Uh, uh, a couple times on an Osprey, which was kind of cool. That's the one where the tilt rotors, where it, it's like a, it's like an airplane, and then it's like a helicopter, and then it's like an airplane again. Um, oh, yeah, that was about the time yeah. they were trying to really get it going. Uh, they did a lot of dog and pony shows outside of our barracks, actually, when I was in the States. Um, I'm assuming that's what they were, because they always had lots of, like, these motor motorcades drive up to where they landed, and then they'd land, and a bunch of people would get out and go in the in the fancy cars, and they'd all drive off to, towards the... Uh, you know, towards like the general's building. So I'm guessing that's what that was. Um, uh -huh. You know, so that was cool. But uh, yeah, other than that, not much. I mean, the normal like transport, you know, like the AC-130, things like that. We, uh, um, I think we went to from uh, Kuwait to Iraq and one of those, that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, kind of like the commercial airplane, only uh, no peanuts. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you uh, inside the AC-130, I bet you it's really, really quiet. Super quiet. You'd never even know it was there. Pin drop, mm -hmm. maybe lying. You're gonna have yeah. little little whispery uh, chats with your your buddy sitting yeah. next to you. Oh yeah, whispering sweet nothing is very easy. Can you believe what he's wearing today? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Didn't you wear that yesterday? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. How, how how does he do that? Yeah. Um, so um, oh, but kind of back to a point that you had mentioned uh, uh, mere moments ago about the ATC. Um, we had talked about. Um, and what does it look like on the radio? We had talked on a previous show about one of the uh, ATVs on the ATCs, uh, back to the Star Citizen for a second, and uh, uh, the, the potentiality of air traffic controller as a profession in the game. And so I, I think that that would be, you know, how would, how would those craft look 
um, uh, on on the radar there. So I mean, not only, and we know from that ATV that uh, the devs that are working on on this part of the project are very aware and keen on real world um, uh, policies and um, mm -hmm. um, procedures. Um, so it would be interesting, I, I think, to see um, not only how it works in, in the real world, but also, you know, it'll be exciting to see um, if and when that happens in game, uh, how that sort of um, uh, visual would manifest itself. I don't know, it's going to be something like what we see on uh, the radar. What do they, What do we call the radar in our cockpits? Is it just radar? Cockpit. Cockpit. <laughs> no, that's different. No, no, no. Cockpit. There we go. Yeah, um, I think you put close the canopy. <laughs> I do not know. Uh, I think it's just a radar. Do we have something? I don't. I don't uh, recall anything else coming up there. Yeah, you know the thing where the um, where you see the other ships. Yeah, you get the ship. How about like um, a Steve Dar or Dan Dar instead of a radar? <laughs> Dan Dar. Dan Dar. <laughs> That's right. You know there there are special shampoos for that. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> the Selsons have showed up. <laughs> Team Selson. <laughs> Team Selson. Always defeats oh, the Dandar. I am blue, so there you yep. go. Okay, so, um, and uh, uh, back again uh, from uh, from uh, Star Citizen to the Reno. Uh, uh, Steadfield, where the uh, the races and uh, demonstrations was held, uh, It's it must be like a mile from end to end. You know, that's just the, the, the fan accessible areas, which includes, like I say, the area where they had this traveling museum and, the, and then the grandstands and viewing areas. And then um, uh, off of that, there was uh, uh, the pits where you could go and uh, talk to... Uh, the pilots and the crews and, and you know, see the, the planes up close and uh, get your picture taken with them um, and stuff like that. Uh, not I'm not really into that kind of stuff, the, uh, the picture-taking part of it. I mean, I'll take a picture of the plane, but I'm not really interested in having my picture taken with the plane. So, But uh, uh, point being that a lot of... Um, point being, I don't have anything to share. <laughs> and um, also, uh, point being that uh, the uh, the folks in the pit areas, the um, the crews and the the owners and pilots and whatnot, are all very very friendly. I run into so many friendly people who are are willing to uh, stop and talk to you, and um, you know uh, share their excitement for um, you know uh, this uh, the fastest motorsport on the planet. Now, I think it's advertised. How fast do those guys go? Um, the in the unlimited class, uh, which is what Strega flies in, um, just over 500 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's I encourage folks, you know, even for just a second to to uh, to uh, you know, it's and it's simple. You just all you have to do is just go to uh, to YouTube and, and Google up uh, Reno Air Races unlimited class, and you'll find you know lots of videos from over the years, and just listen to the sound of these things. It's amazing. You know, because they're the 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 circuit that they do is it's pylon racing, and the circuit that they do is four and a half miles long, I think, or no, four point eight miles long, and um, so they get pretty far. Well, you can still see them from the grandstand because uh, it's a big open desert area, mm -hmm. uh, but um, when they come around the grandstand, you know, because of uh, Doppler and, and all all the wonderful stuff that he did. Um, they kind of fly by, and then you hear the noise. He and, invented uh, noise. It, you know that? <laughs> he did. But he was a little bit late. He was. <laughs> he couldn't get it right. So every time he came up, it sounded crazy. And then when he left, it sounded totally different. Mr. Doppler, tardy again. 
<laughs> and then his lips would move, and then uh, 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 <laughs> a little bit longer. Yeah, a little I'm bit later, sorry. And he'd always try to walk away from you when he wanted to sound like he was older than he was. Oh, dude, I wish I, I'm going to go after we're done. I'm going to go down to the courthouse and change my name to Selson Doppler. It's a good choice. Tell me that's not a great name. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's uh, definitely um, um, a, a very cool uh, place, venue, uh, event, and people. Uh, full of grease, both motor and the animal kind. Um, not not a lot of um, of, uh, of vegan offerings uh, available. Um, and uh, of course, my favorite the uh, from the weekend would be the pulled pork parfait. Mm. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Now I want to let you know I did uh after the recording well after we tried to record before, I did show my um fiance this and she is a huge barbecue fan and she thought it looked amazing. Yes. You should suggest it to your local uh, purveyor of uh the barbecue arts. Obviously, um, like it, you need this. Yes, and this the picture for this will be in the show notes, but here allow me to uh to venture back to a time be, uh, prior to the interwebs where people actually had to talk and describe things. Um, it is a large plastic cup. Um, the, in the bottom of the cup is pulled pork with barbecue sauce. Then we have a layer of mashed potatoes. Then another layer of pulled pork with barbecue sauce. Then a layer of cheese. More pork on top of that. And then on the very top, a big, bright, shining ball of mashed potatoes with just a drizzling of barbecue sauce on the top of that. And a spoon. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, it does with a spoon. It, I would thought a fork. Mm. Well, maybe you know what? It probably was a fork. Probably was a fork. Mm. Um, well, I because you know this this is the way that they served it to me with the utensil there. You know, mm-hmm. um, tastefully, um, um, uh, you know, inserted on the side. I you know which I immediately ripped out and threw on the ground and then just you know shoved the entire thing in my face. Dad pork. 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 Well, while Mrs. Uh, Glee was looking on disparagingly. Oh no, she no, she she ran. She <laughs> ran immediately. She was not looking. <laughs> she said, I, I'll have no part of this. I will, I will have no part of this, sir. No. Um she you know, and then she finds me hours later in a, in a pork stupor behind a dumpster. <laughs> pork Honey, stupor. you ready to go somewhere? No. Can't move. Pork and potatoes. Oh, oh. <laughs> Another another uh, good name for a shipping game, Pork Stupor. Right? Yeah, I'd do that. No, I would. I would name my okay. ship Pork Tater. Pork Tater. Oh, that's a good name. Pork Tater. Pork Tater, or or a girlfriend. Ooh, or a girlfriend. Either way, a good pet name for a girlfriend. Yeah, that's gonna. Pork that's tater. that's a tough one to get by. I think. I think we can all agree yep. that one. Ooh, that'd be a special kind of gal to to field that one on. That's right. This yeah. is my little Pork Tater. This is my little Pork Tater. <laughs> Okay, and um, uh, just real quickly, there was um, uh, one of the things that was there on the grounds was a uh, was drone racing, and they had this enormous uh, uh, netted area. It was almost like a, an aviary um, set up, uh, and they were racing drones, uh, VR drones. So that the pilots, the pilots or the operators of these drones, were wearing VR goggles. Not really VR goggles, but they were goggles that gave them a first-person perspective uh, from the uh, the drone. You know, so there's a camera on the drone, and and they're able to uh, to essentially become very very small and pilot these drones. And um, I will include uh, links to these videos too. But uh, there's one here. Uh, one video includes 
uh, footage from uh, from this year's Reno event, and that was a championship of, of some sort. Uh, and then also uh, uh, there was a, uh, a report that I came across uh, from Bloomberg uh, News about the World Dr- excuse me World Drone Prix in Dubai, and uh, uh, advertised as the first million dollar drone race, and the uh, the winning team taking home two hundred and fifty thousand in prize money. Uh, so it's a thing. It's totally a thing. Um, and uh, the uh, the interesting thing about uh, about the, the event in Dubai was that they built a special track uh, with all kinds of like you know uh, LEDs and moving mechanisms and what have you you know just for this purpose. So um, uh, rather high on the fixed costs, I would say. I'm hoping they are they get to use that facility again, uh, but. You know, it's they're looking at it as a potential uh, spectator, you know, e-sport spectator kind of thing for the future. So, um, you know, that's uh, I think uh, you know interesting. And and if if I had spare time and a bunch of money, because I guess these things are not cheap, um, uh, they uh, would uh, I'd go out and get one. But in a second, fly around my house till one of my dogs ate it. You know, yeah. Um, and, and then I'll uh, just sort of round it up. There's, I got another. <laughs> I've got a lot of videos this week. Uh, another video that just gives um, a really good overview of uh, the entire um, air race uh, scene and the event grounds. And this is done by um, an enthusiastic fellow visiting Reno for the first time who had dreamed of coming to the races for many, many years. And I think he was either from New Zealand or Australia. Um, and um, uh, you know, so it was it was very cool because he was so excited. You know, and, and like kind of like um, we were discussing on a previous show, uh, Ben Lesnick when he starts talking about one of the Wing, wing Commander games. Mm-hmm. You know, when when somebody when a nerd has a passion for you know, be it you know motorsports or you know aviation or, or or video games. You know, and they start talking about it. There's there's that nerd comes out. You know, it's and it's, it's like oh what oh wow look at that I've never seen one of these before. Except with a an Australian accent, so anyway, definitely um, um, uh, you know check all that stuff out if you're at all interested. And then, you know, bottom line, it was uh, fun times again, and uh, Mrs. Leap and I are already looking forward to next year. So there you have it. Okay, Mark, <clears throat> expanse spoilers incoming. Grab your waggle sticks. Three, two, one. Stretch pants. Engage. It's, it's, it's just as good the second time. It really is. <laughs> oh, sweet Lord. Uh, yeah, Mark, what do you get when you cross a Belter Ice Miner with a Martian Ventriloquist? I don't know. What do you get? I don't know, but Odessa, Texas is so flat you can watch your dog run away for three days. <laughs> Race plane pilot from Odessa told me that one. <laughs> okay, that's it. No more, no more air racism. Yeah, I wonder how many times he's told that joke too. I don't know. Probably a funny. lot. Yeah, it probably. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, he was uh, he was um, there with his son, and they were um, they were packing up their plane to drive home to Odessa, and um, and his son looked at him when he said that, and just kind of like that looked like, oh, God, not again, not again. <laughs> you did, not you did, Dad, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, I'm so glad my friends aren't here. Um, 
So the last time we got through Gods of Risk, which uh, featured, uh, it's been a while now, uh, which featured young David Draper and his badass auntie, Aunt Bobby. And there really wasn't anything in that book which furthered the narrative of the overall story too much, um, but still it was a, a, a fun short read, uh, which had, well, it had me take Mars right off my vacation uh, destination bucket list. Uh, so uh, there, there's that. A, a, um, a testimonial for the Tourism Authority, it was not that. Um, and next up, bum, ba, dum, ba. how do you how do you pronounce? I can't still can't pronounce it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, oh, Abaddon, I believe is the correct pronunciation. Abaddon. See, I'm, I'm, I keep wanting to call it a, a bad. The, okay, the Don of Abba. Abba is Abba. <laughs> You're my only friend. Dancing queen. Yeah. Um, no, no, we're just letting it go. <laughs> I was never here. ABBA never happened. Um, last time, uh, second book, uh, Caliban's War. So uh, we, uh, uh, just kind of uh, recapping. Uh, from memory here, uh, we had, at the end of the book, we had uh, the post-Mao chastising banquet, squid-like creature launching itself off of Venus and settling down near Uranus. <laughs> yes, uh, and Sleepy Boy Holden dreaming of blue fireflies, then Ghost Miller coming out of his closet. We gotta talk. I think it about sums it up, right? Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, if you could sum up an entire novel in three sentences, I think you nailed it on the head. Well, that was just the last the last bit. So they were well, the important um, bits. The, yeah, they you know um, the conclusion. Uh, Pierre Mao had had been had been arrested, and um, and uh, Avasarala and Holden. Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, having the let us explain to you why. Well, Avasarla was doing all the talking, and Holden just got to sit in the uh, in the, the, the bleachers and, and watch. Uh, but she was, uh, as only Avasarla can, was explaining to uh, to uh, Mr. Mao just just how effed the rest of his life was. Um, how she was going to systematically dismantle everything that had ever had his name on it. Um, and that he was uh, going to get to watch that from the uh, um, from the confines of his prison cell. So, uh, because she was going to put a big wall-sized monitor with the news going twenty-four-seven there. So, yeah. she's she's not she's not a big woman, but she's mean. Um, and then, uh, of course, they're having they're at their little banquet afterward, and uh, Praxitome and May are there, and May's playing with her food, and it's really annoying. Um, and then there's also then a big news alert. Thing happens, and they show live footage of a uh, big squid thing launching itself off of Venus. So the um, uh, the proto molecule which had uh, had crashed there with um, with Julie Mao and um, um, Detective Miller. It's the giant. Uh, it's the giant Mao Miller baby squid. Yeah, that thing. So it takes off from Venus and heads off and uh, parks uh, just uh, the other side of Uranus and uh, turns into a, an enormous ring. Mm -hmm. So that's the way that book three starts. And so we got new characters, Mark. And what new characters do we have, Gleep? Well, first up, funny you should ask. First up, uh, Maneo. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a ute. And, um, and, and, and yet another example of, of the old adage that life is wasted upon the Utes. Um, at the age of 18, he is trying to impress his cousin, Avita Espinoza. 
Simpson's cousin. Yeah, it was um, it was one of those types of crushes. Yeah, um, and uh, his uh, full name, Maneo Jung Espinoza, uh, he built a spaceship, which he christened the E.K. I got it right that time, Mark. <laughs> I took your suggestion. And he attempts uh, to slingshot the ship through the ring gate. And we, we did see a little bit something on the, for those of, uh, of uh, y'all that have seen the show, it, uh, it is something that we did see ma- reference made to um, on the show. Uh, I believe there's a, a belter bar that uh, Miller is doing some investigations in, and uh, they, they show people wagering on um, um, one of these slingshotters, and I think it was intended to represent uh, Maneo. But, um, and like the slingshotter in the uh, uh, scene on the show, uh, when the ship passes through to the other side, it immediately and drastically uh, reduces speed, killing uh, Maneo instantly. Um, and I kind of get a bit confused on this because uh, far, the far side of Uranus ain't close. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on the person. But yeah, I can see that. And how flexible you are. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think we were talking about that before. Is, yeah, I guess it depends on how fast you're accelerating. You can only accelerate so fast. And I think he was. He, I think there was reference, if I recall, to him you know, accelerating rather quickly uh, as he's slingshotting yeah. past these different planets. Uh, so then, you know, I mean, if you continuously accelerate, uh, your, your velocity increases, you know, proportional to the acceleration. So I would guess uh, you could uh, you could potentially get get it pretty fast, pretty quick. I, I suppose. Um, I don't I don't know how fast, and I don't really yeah uh, stuff. I'm sure there's a physics physics person that can help us out with that. But uh, I do know that uh, yeah. I, I I mean I think we had talked uh, something on the order of probably I, I don't think. It, yeah, a week or two was completely unreasonable considering that he was saying that he uh, you know, had run out of food and you know, was getting low on water and whatnot. So, right. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe maybe a couple weeks. Well, because uh, they, they make mention that he, he gets up to 99 Gs, which um, is acceleration. That's not speed. That's acceleration. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 99 Gs would kill you. Uh, wasn't that the stopping speed? Isn't that what it was? That's how it was decelerating. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, it was de- yeah he was decelerating I, I, at 99 Gs, which would essentially turn you into putty. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah, was the deceleration. Is, yeah, that instant deceleration, or deceleration. That's what they were talking about. I don't know how fast he was actually going. Um, so who knows? Or how, how fast he was yeah, accelerating, rather. This is that part of science fiction fan nerddom that uh, it, my eyes roll back in my head. I'm just like, well, I don't care. We need, He's going fast. We need someone that uh, that also knows the entire schematic for the Starship Enterprise. That's the person to ask this question to. <sighs> yeah, I'm kind of glad they're not here. Um, so anyway, he was going really fast. He got there real quick. And um, as soon as he got there, he stopped <laughs> dead cold and became um, became a splatter on the inside of his uh, cockpit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And so then the next uh, new character up is a guy named Bull. Sounds like a, it should be a song. A guy named Bull. Me and you and a guy named Bull. You know, flying out to Uranus. Um, yeah. So Bull, Bull grew up in a housing complex in the New Mexican shared interest zone on Earth. 
Uh, he lived with his uh, white father and Mexican mother. Right, kind of like me. Um, uh, as well as with uh, many other family members. When he was 16, he went to Alamogardo, uh, where he worked his two-year mandatory service stripping down ancient solar electricity stations to avoid having to go on basic. He lived in a dorm with 10 other boys. At the age of 18, he briefly attended tech school before entering the United Nations Marine Corps, during which time he served on Ceres Station. Um, stuff happened, and eventually Bull joined the OPA. Now, I, Mark, I think it is notable here uh, that Fred Johnson saved Bull when he was at his loose ends the same way that Anderson Dawes saved Fred in the novel Butcher of Anderson Station. We did a little callback there. A little, a little, little callback. Please refer to prior episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a theme. Um, and despite being the most qualified uh uh, to leave. I, you know, I think we I, we skipped over that part. So you know the uh, we come out of book two, and uh, uh, thing flies uh, to the um, we'll just say the outer edge of the of the solar system. Yep. Uh, turns into a giant ring, and so of course uh, people go, huh? They they make they they do the entire planet did Scooby Doo noises, and then immediately decided. Um, that, uh, you know, we all see the gate, we all go to the gate, what could possibly go well, wrong? Let's so, poke and, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, basically. We need, we need, yeah so, so there is a, a, a flotilla that is formed uh, to go out and investigate. So, anyway, um, back to Bull. Um, so, he is the most qualified uh, to lead uh, the OPA arm of the expedition, expedition, expedition to the ring gate, um, aboard the OPA flagship, um, but Fred instead busts Bull down to chief of security because politics and uh, because Bull is from Earth and he's not from the belt, um, so and, which is also was part of the politics, and uh, instead puts a belter. Uh, Fred does puts a belter named Ashford uh, as captain instead, and a new character, another new character, Michio Pa, um, is made executive officer. Uh, and then Fred, though he is sympathetic to the unfairness uh, of doing this, uh, he asks uh, Bull, who is his personal friend, uh, to do him a solid and just to make this thing work. So Bull, uh, Bull sucks it up because that's the kind of guy that Bull is, and uh, go, go get her done. Uh, next up, Mark, a uh, on the new character list, we have a pair of truly lovely ladies. Yes, uh, the first one is Melba Al's. Beta Co. And she was born on Luna as the only child of Alcee, Becca, and Sergio Co., all of whom are dead. They're dead. Uh, she is a licensed electrochemical technician, and Melba has artificial glands implanted in the roof of her mouth that, once activated by two, yes, count them, two counterclockwise rolls of the tongue, release a chemical mix that heightens her senses strength and speed to near superhuman levels during this altered state time seems to slow for her as she slowly goes into a chemically induced form of autopilot she is able to anticipate the movement of her foes and execute deadly attacks with extreme precision thereby allowing her to take on multiple attackers with ease these attacks usually leave her foes either dead or mortally wounded because her artificial glands release neurotransmitters that alter her normal chemical balance, she is afterwards left in a state of disorientation and weeps uncontrollably. God, it sounds like Wednesday at work. <laughs> um, 
As her brain chemistry slowly returns to its baseline state. For this reason, the implant that she uses has not been adopted by the United Nations military and has become illegal. Um, in a mar- I, I, I feel like I dated Melba in high school. Yeah, I feel, uh, we all dated Melba in high school. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad it's not just me. No. The, the second lovely lady would be one Clarissa Melpomene. Melpomene. I'm sure, I'm sure it sounds really pretty if you say it properly. Uh, Clarissa. How else you'd say that? Melpomene Mao. And she is the daughter of the aforementioned Jules Pierre Mao and younger sister Julie Mao. Now, Clarissa wishes to find, humiliate, and eventually kill James Holden for what he has done to her family name. But she doesn't want to kill him outright. No, 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 no. She believes that would lead to martyrdom, and that would be bad. She instead wants to destroy his legacy, reputation, and name. This, of course, all because of Holden's dramatic narcissistic revelation to the soul system of Jules Pierre Mao's involvement with Protogen, which led to Daddy's arrest. Um, Mark, guess what these two lovely ladies have in common? Uh, they both have girl parts. Plural or singular? Ooh. Um, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to let you make that call. <laughs> I'm going to say singular because dun, 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 they are the same person. What? Or at least... Yeah. Or at least they are after the latter, that would be Clarissa, uh, purchases... No. Yeah. Yes. yes. The la- After Clarissa purchases the identity of Melba from a shady guy in... Yes, that's right! Baltimore. Now, I read The Churn, which is, is set in the Baltimore, um, after Ab- Abad- Abaddon. Abaddon's Gate... And so when I met Eric there, um, I thought to myself, huh, self, could this Eric be the guy Clarissa bought her Melba ID from? And if yes, which Eric? Our Eric? Amos's Eric? He is immortal, you know. Our Eric. Eric the Immortal. 1400th of his name. Turns out the guy's name wasn't Eric. But maybe he was just saying that to throw me off the trail. Anyway, um, early in the morning, which it is still now, you must rise to fool me. No, you see, there was... I don't know what his damn jammies look like. They had Yodas and crap on them. <laughs> I just had to get there, so... Uh, you know. Well done. You yeah. managed it. You I pulled it. it off. Yeah, I, I, okay. Uh, next up, so... Same... Two girls. Two girls. One, one lady. No, yeah. Let's go that way instead. Yeah. Anna. Reverend Dr. Anushka... Anna Richard Fingers Volovodov is a pastor. Look at all those O's. O's. Look at them all. Yeah. Yeah. Holy mackerel. All right. Mm -hmm. And V's. A lot of V's. A lot of V's. A lot of O's. Uh, O's and V's. Uh, She's the pastor at St. John's United Congregation of Methodists on Europa, which consists of less than 100 people. And uh, I think we decided that, that they meant in the congregation, not on the entirety of Europa. Yeah. Though Europa is small. Um, that would be a, a rather tiny colony. That'd be a silly thing um, to do. It would be a silly thing, because if, if there were 100 people in Europa, like her congregation would be like 
her. <laughs> hey guys, her. I'm really popular with my congregation. Uh, oh, well, how many do you have? Well, it's me, and uh, you know, and and Dan who shows up once every three weeks, <laughs> and, and Eric, he comes and in. Fourteen hundred of his name. <laughs> And this is his brother, Eric, and his father, Eric, and his cousin, Eric. Um, anyway, so her red hair is long and thick, and she usually wears it in a bun. Uh, she has a daughter named Nami, together with her wife, Nono. Uh, and she's a middle-aged woman who was born in Kimri, Russia, on Earth, but she has lived in Moscow most of her adult life. Anna is part of the United Methodist Council's delegation on the flotilla sent to investigate the ring. She does what she has to do to defend people in trouble. She sometimes feels guilty about it, but justifies her actions as being for the good of those she helps. Uh, and I, I think she's a really interesting character in that she is more... Um, eh, complex may not be the right word, but she's more um, uh, fleshed out uh, than typical sci-fi outer space hero types are. She's um, She's got, um, you know, more human, you know. She's got she's got conflict. She's you know internal conflict and and um, and stuff. And she's uh, you know she's got um, her her faith structures and what she believes to be you know right and wrong. And um, anyway, she's also annoying um, at times to me uh, when she uh, um, corrects other people's use of or choice of language. I, just, I hate that. I hate that when people do that. Oh my god, it just makes me nuts. Uh. Um, um, but she is nails when it comes down to draft. We don't have a question. Do, do you think it's because, I mean, very rarely do you find in you know, popular fiction, uh, mm. especially especially uh, sci-fi, do you find a very strong character, some, something that they've spent a lot of time on and use in a meaningful way, you know, in a significant way in the story, not just as a, you know, as a kind of a, a side character somewhere along, along the lines, um, that is so 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 religious has such a fundamental religious you know uh, that's that's so so important portion of their character I, that very mm-hmm. rarely do you find that I think and if it if it is it's something um, very um, abstract like a you know I believe in the space whale god or something like that as opposed to something that's very grounded in religious um, you know. You know, various religious principles that, that exist now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. that's very. It's it, it's a very unique character in that regard that you really don't come across it, and she doesn't come across as. Um, what I'm looking for stereotypical. Yeah, she she's not she's not the stereotype of religious person. No, no, she's not. So you know, it's it's very strange that they made it, that they have some what's such a strong uh, belief system, and then they don't play into that stereotype you know they really tend to you know they really tried to set her off as something different but uh, as using that as kind of her back uh, her uh, you know the rock she falls back on so I found that very interesting I yeah I, I can understand what you're saying she did get she's a little too prim sometimes but for the most part um, very much a uh, a character you can um, you can enjoy reading I guess it's not mm-hmm. some, it's not someone I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to hear about I didn't want to listen to or didn't want to you know when, when the chapter came up and it was on her you know I didn't just try to hurry through it it's it's uh, yeah you know she had an inter- yeah. interesting a very interesting perspective yes yes yeah. I mean it was it was what like you say I mean because the, the book is set up as point, uh, from yes from point of view characters 
And so, um, you know, kind of like Game of Thrones, you know, when I when I I would get excited when I was I knew I was like three or four pages away from a Tyrion chapter. You right. Know? So right. Uh, when um, uh, she's no Tyrion, but um, also she's um, you know she's no James Holden either. Um, so anyway, I thought um, I thought she was a uh, very interesting and um, uh, brought I think brought some depth in that area that you're discussing you yeah. know is you know some of some of the um, um, some of the characteristics of, of uh, what constitutes faith and, and and why people have faith and uh, and questioning things that there may not be answers to mm-hmm. so uh, it's good and she's nails when it comes to brass tacks mm. yes yeah okay oh, could we do this again we managed to do it again what are things you use to fasten things? Uh, cheese. We did. We, we did. <laughs> you fasten things with cheese? Don't you fasten fasten a piece of meat and a piece of bread with perhaps some melted cheese? It's a fastener. It's kind of like it's kind of like ketchup. It isn't really a condiment. It's a flavor enhancer. It just makes everything taste better. So uh, okay, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm going to Home Depot after we're done here. So I'll. Pick up some some monster. I obviously, pick up cheese to fasten things <laughs> on the fastener aisle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, um, and all right. So um, here we go. The plot. Dun, 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 yeah. Let's see how this, let me another sip of coffee. Good to the last drop. <clears throat> Darwin Award winner Maneo slingshots into a brick wall called the Slow Zone, or at least it will get called that later. A human flotilla is on its way to the ring gate to learn who and or what lurks on the other side. Scientists, both soft and hard, are in this group, all hoping and or afraid to potentially soon TM facing their own personal gods. And of course, all the militaries, they are there too because SPLOSIONS! What was the Nauvoo is now a cobbled-together piece of crap with big guns. They call it the Behemoth. Bull is the chief of security, and he vents drug dealers. Him badass. Anna misses her wife and her daughter. She's got feels. Back on the Rossi, Holden and company have plans to head in exactly the opposite direction. But how could that work? So, they end up ferrying a news crew towards the flotilla and then on to the ring. Ghost Miller has been visiting Holden and taking and talking mostly nonsense, so Holden doesn't really pay attention. Yeah. Melba, who is serving as an electrochemical engineer on one of the accompanying support ships, has a Holden anger boner perhaps even bigger than mine. <laughs> yes. She hacks and plants plastics and snaps necks before making go splody splode one of the larger passenger ships. Multimus peeps die and Anna has more feels. And the Rossi, which has since before arrived to the flotilla, broadcasts a hacked message from James Holden saying, I did it, I did it, I'm important and I did it. I was, yeah, I said, you know, it, it could happen. You wanted to believe it. I wanted to believe so bad. <laughs> In the hilarity which ensues, everyone sprouts their own Holden anger boners, and the Rosie has to escape through the ring, followed closely by a torpedo. Because the I Did It video was on the net, therefore it must be true. Melba then goes mentaler because Holden has gotten away. The other ships that matter, including the Behemoth, follow the Rosie through the gate and into the Great Unknown. 
Inside the ring, we find a spooky sphere at the center of a million-kilometer diameter spherical shape of sorts, which is defined by 1,373 other ring gates. But only the one to soul system is active. Long story short, we call the interior of this larger sphere the slow zone because anything traveling faster than a certain speed is stopped full stop by the spooky sphere at the center, which is also called Central Station, for because reasons. So, of course, Holden has to go there, and the Central Station iris is open and Holden goes inside where Ghost Miller is waiting for him. Ghost Miller takes Holden to the center of the station, and there Holden touches a giant glowy thing which gives him the best acid trip ever and explains to him, it explains to James effing Holden, for crying out loud, all the secrets to life, the universe, and everything. All that, and that if you mess with the gate you just came through, the soul system on the other side will get instaglassed by some other power that makes the protomolecule look like silly putty. Ghost Miller raises an eyebrow and says, Interesting. He also says that Central Station's annoying tendency toward shaken spaceship syndrome is to do with automated defenses which are currently turned on and that in order to turn those off, everyone this side of the ring will need to power they ships down. Like that's gonna happen. Back on the behemoth, idiocy rules the day. There are mutinies and murders and Ashford, Ashford gets it into his head to destroy the ring to keep all the evil from leaking over to the soul side. He, with the help of a televangelist whose name escapes me, has taken this to be his, or their, destiny. Back on the Rossi, Amos has found the source of the video hack. The perp is a blind guy from the news crew. Amos struggles to not vent the blind guy. Over at the central station, Martian Marines have found Holden, and then the central station comes alive and eats a couple of jarheads. Yummy. Okay. Now, our hero's major effing concern has become to stop Ashford and to save not only everyone's only way out of the slow zone forever and ever and ever, but also to save the very existence of the soul system itself. Existential crisis! Woo! Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Melba has squeezed her anger boner into a spacesuit and then through an airlock and she heads off toward the Rossi for some finish this thing with her bare hands therapeutic violence. Anna unbeknownst to Melba, follows behind and then tases all the wiggles out of Melba just before she can kill Naomi. Melba is taken into custody and it is revealed that she is actually... Dun, 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 Clarissa Bow. You see, Anna's really, really, really rich bestie named Tilly, bestie she just met, knows Clarissa from when she was a little girl at garden parties and ripping the wings off of poor people. Clarissa is put into a cell next to the recently mutinied Ashford, who is then sprung by his loyalists, and so he takes Clar Claritha along for the lols. Lots of battles happen and Bull gets killed, heroically of course. Ashford is eventually defeated when Clarissa develops a moral compass and opens a security door to the bridge for guess who? That's right, Jimmy saves the day again, boom boom Holden. The battle is won. All the ships power down for a quick minute. Ghost Miller turns off the central station defense system so that everyone can leave with a quickness. Bye. Bye. Later days to you, crazy alien tech. Through some clever political arm twisting and threats of poor credit reports, the crew of the Rossi agrees to transport 
Clarissa Mao back to Luna for trial, but first Ghost Miller and Holden have a romantic moment on a secluded alien planet, and Miller tells Holden that all the other ring gates are now open, and then they kiss and hold hands and walk off into the sunset towards book four. Ta-da! All done? <laughs> what? what happened? Oh, no. Oh, it's fascinating. Oh, something about uh, space pe- space bunnies eating uh, space cabbage and then uh, fighting over it, right? That's kind of what I heard. Uh, it was a space it ninja in there somewhere? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Some call me Tim. <laughs> I'm thinking that this is one of my favorites in the uh, in the series. Um, what do you, uh, did, yeah. you, did you like this one? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, this, a lot of people have said this is the best one. Yeah, I think this one, uh, uh, up to this up to this novel, I think this is one of the well, this is the best one. Yeah, it's just uh, mm. I, I think you really get an understanding for all the characters. They have a lot of uh, um, I don't know the the plot is interesting and new, and you, you have no idea where it's going to go. I think that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it is they kind of introduce something new, and you, you have no idea how it's going to pan out, um, mm-hmm. which is rare after mm-hmm. you've read a few books. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think it would make a, a good uh, gameplay campaign. I think there are uh, several characters that you could play as. I think certainly you could play as... Well, I was going to say you could play as Bull. Um, you know what they could do it? The, the way they could do it is they could do it like the single-player campaign in GTA V, mm-hmm. where you play as a variety of characters. Yeah, and kind of skip, skip the boring parts. You know, kind of move on from there and switch over to somebody else. Absolutely. You definitely do that as like a yeah. multi-character thing. Um, yeah, no, that would, that would function perfectly. Because uh, I, w- I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I mean, uh, that it would be tough to play as Bull because Bull has to die. Um, so, but if you were, say, you started out playing five different characters, you know, then some of them you would figure out as part of unraveling the story and what have you, you would figure out that you're gonna have to sacrifice. Um, Say, no, a two couple. or three of those characters. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I hadn't thought that's you know that interesting idea, Glee. Um, yeah, I, so I think and um, I would love to play as Bull. I would um, I would love to play as. It would even be fun to play as Clarissa. You oh. know, being sort sort of like a a martial arts um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of gal with um, um, you know just think of game where you uh, would. Inject yourself with a stim pack that made you go go mental. Yeah. You know? Well. Yeah. Oh. Obviously. I mean, that's that would be one of the draws. You know, you have this one mm-hmm. character that has the crazy superpower, so you'd mm-hmm. have to play as her, uh, at least once. Yeah. Yeah. And she has skill. You know, she has skills as a hacker. Yeah. Um, she's able to um, to stealth. She's able to masquerade as, as a, a, a different person. Mm-hmm. But then when she uh, yeah. when she does the thing with her when when she exposes her glands, oh. um, you know, necks go snap. So. That's um, and then she hides the body bodies in a locker. All right. Oh god. Yeah. That's a and seals it up with glue. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's um, I think it has good uh, gameplay possibilities. Love the story. Very in, uh, in immersive. And um, uh, book four is next, and that's that's also a good one. I, I like that. There's a couple characters in there. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing with you because I think. Um, I think that they um, that they are better than they might uh, appear to be. Not better in the sense of um, uh, good and bad, but uh, uh, better in the sense of depth and complexity 
than they might uh, uh, seem to be at uh, at first blush, if, if, as one does. So, all right. Well, um, shall we uh, shall we uh, move on to uh, new members and then uh, call it a morning? I believe we shall. We received an email from our friend Marco in Germany. He said, hello guys, with ships, Marco from Germany again. More than two years later and still listening and enjoying your podcast. Thank you for my weekly portion of Star Citizen and Space-Centered Entertainment. As I'm doing the GTA Onlines and watching and reading The Expanse, the podcast surprises me with reporting and discussing some other entertainment I enjoy. Love, Marco. Well, thanks, Marco. Appreciate that. Um, he's, he's got it all in there. He's got the Star Citizen. He's got the Expanse. He's got the GTA. Man, it's like it's like I cloned myself. I went to Germany. He's a well-rounded fellow. Uh, he, he is. That's right. A gal could do a lot worse. Um, and then we have new members to the organization. Uh, Star Raider joined us. Says hello, longtime listener to the Versecast, longtime gamer, and longtime Star Citizen backer. Would love to finally become part of the community and become a guy with ships, for I have many, and they are legion. But for real, I'm a hardcore Star Citizener and play nightly. Would be more than happy to meet the community and have fellow enthusiasts to play with. From Canada with love, Star Raider. Welcome, Star. He's been out and played with us mm -hmm. a couple of times. Uh, Grit Spitter joined us. Um, he's famous. You should follow him. He's a he's a, a Twitch streamer and and a, a person of uh, of notoriety. Uh, he's a smart guy and has a, a lot of uh, interesting opinions. And he's friendly too. Uh, he had a, and he had applied to the org some time ago, but um, the powers of the universe conspired against us, and so we just recently. Um, uh, received that application, and we are happy to have now officially accepted Grit into those guys with ships. So welcome aboard, Grit. Um, and then Mark. Now is the time on sprockets when we touch our monkeys and pour a modicum of beverage upon the earth, that the stain may be a testament to our sorrow, the sorrow in our hearts that has a name, and that name is mostly numbers. 808-7H-3D1-N054, you are you are mourned. Okay, moment of silence over. Then it must be time to go to Engine. Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Engine now has their own cryptocurrency, EngineCoin. It's smart cryptocurrency for gaming. Check it out at EngineCoin.io. Now, Mark, uh, the first time we did this, uh, you got real excited. Have you have you uh, have you followed up? Have you done any? No. Any? Uh... No. I need someone to tell me. <laughs> I don't want to actually figure it out myself. I want someone to tell me EngineCoin for reals. I don't uh, mind mind a balloon. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's cool if it, I just, I don't, oh, I don't understand. I'm just, <laughs> all I know is they keep taking my video cards so I can never get a new one. Other than that, that's all I know. So, someone explain me why we need the engine coins. Preferably, someone at Engine who obviously came up with this idea would be fantastic. Send me a letter. Well, if you click on that link, Mark, there's a white paper that explains it all. Uh, I did look at the white paper. It is very white. So, and and if you printed it out, it's made of paper. It is also paper. So yeah, it's uh you know, it's only thirty four pages long, so that's beneficial. 
That's right, Mickey bought on the potty. Um, check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc. Please go to INN and learn things. It can be found at imperialnews.network. You can reach us, you can reach the podcast, you can reach the show by email. Comms at versecast.org is the address. On Twitter, we are at versecast, and do be sure to use that hashtag, TGWS. We are on YouTube now. Yay! Go to tinyurl.com slash guystube. To join our org, go to tinyurl.com slash jointgws. On Steam, we are those guys for ships, and do be sure to check out our Star Citizen gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Riley, you take that diaper off your head and put it back on your sister. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Mark? My name is also not Gleep, and my contact information may be in the show notes. But you can reach me at madcow1001 at gmail.com, mark at firstcast.org. And my portion of the show today is brought to you by the guys in the white paper that are apparently drinking engine coins. So, there you go. Wow. It's their entire purple, their, their purple mug, frothing mugs of engine coins. So remember, drink your engine coins responsibly. You don't know where that's been. <laughs> you, you actually, you have no idea. That's the point. Until next time, then. We are those guys with ships, and this has been the Versecast. Oh, more coffee. Prison life is more structured than most men care for. Oh, sounds like the military.